1: Hi folks, welcome to Apocalypse Now. I am Tim Harvey and Dustin Adair is off this week again as he settles into his new digs down in Texas. So I am once again guest hosted here with my wonderful spawn. Nikki
0: Kay. Hi.
1: Now for those of you who joined us last week, Nikki uh, was with us for the first time
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for the first podcast as well as first yep. episode of Apocalypse Now. So you enjoyed it, you said. So.
0: Oh yes, very much so. I uh, apologize for all of the um, spiking last episode. I will try to keep my voice down this time.
1: Well, this is also sort of the experiment um, to some degree of what Dustin will be doing when he returns to the show because you're not anywhere near Kansas City. No. Dustin, of course, is down in Texas, so we're doing this remotely. So essentially, where I'm recording here in Kansas City, you're recording there, Dustinly recording down in Texas, and then we basically take the audio tracks and splice them together. Mm-hmm. Varying degrees of technology and recording and all these different things. I thought it sounded pretty good for the fact that, you know, we're not in the same room with each other. Uh, oh, definitely. You know, so it's, it, it worked out pretty
0: well. I I think it was just the the combination of my microphone and um, my enthusiasm went (laughs) to me spiking and shouting quite a bit. Uh.
1: Well, especially considering how much that that Dustin and I have have generally not been very enthusiastic about this show uh, until this season, which we've enjoyed quite a bit. So you coming in fresh without any really preconceived notions aside from my giving you a very quick rundown, basically the night Mm -hmm. before, uh, the Saturday before it recorded last week. The idea that, you know, that fresh set of eyes, you know, without all the baggage of the show, um, that gives you a a nice perspective. Now, because it was your first episode, tonight they introduced a lot of characters that you got to hear me talk about very briefly. (laughs) Now here they are
0: and now i get to put none of the names to any of the faces cuz i've forgotten all of them in fact i couldn't even figure out who john was hanging out with because he kept se- he kept shouting his name in his really thick accent and i'm bad at accents so
1: so that was victor Sh- that was victor strand
0: okay he's my favorite Erudite bastard he's the best
1: He's the slick con man with this great, amazing voice who uh, initially uh, was an avenue of escape for the original primary cast, Madison and, and the rest of her family. Alicia's the survivor of that. And his whole goal was to get down to his boat so he could get down and reconnect with his husband, who, of course, unfortunately, uh, died not long after Strand found him. So Strand is carrying around a lot of bitterness and anger and pain Mm -hmm. because every time he opens himself up to people things blow up and Mm -hmm. he is and his own nature is that he's kind of amoral Mm -hmm. not immoral um but amoral in that um he 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 knows what morals are he's he's you know, he can look them up in a dictionary and find what they mean. Uh, he just doesn't really have much use for them. Um, right. And yet, and yet, strangely, here he is still with these people after all this time when he's had multiple opportunities to leave. And there is something about Strand who, first of all, uh, Coleman Domingo, uh, the actor, um, is a fantastic actor. And oh, he's got that amazing finish. voice.
0: Yes. I didn't know what you meant when you described him as having this voice. I... I... In my head came up with something very, very different. But, mm-hmm. like, the second he started laying in, I was like, is this the guy? Is this yeah. is this him? <laughs> oh, I hope so. I like him. If he's just well, a throwaway, like, random person. See, that makes me almost want to go and rewatch the rest of the se- series. If he's been since the beginning of Fear the Walking Dead, then I have... I I can go back and just cling to this character. <laughs> and I I know that you've told me that he's um he he kind of doesn't really know what to do with himself once he loses his husband and that you uh really wanted him to go back to being the con man. Well, and... so yeah, I mean, the problem
1: with the character ultimately when you strip it all down is that at his best, when he is being kind of a manipulative bastard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's kind of his wheelhouse. He's about playing the game, about working the system. Um, and he built an entire career in life when he made himself a lot of money doing it prior to, to the apocalypse. And once all this happened, there's, you know, so much of what has been his his toolbox his set of skills doesn't really work anymore and then of course to lose his husband and there's an episode in season three a couple episodes in season three where he tries to be the slick con man in this world Mm -hmm. and it doesn't exactly work and it basically reaches the point where it almost gets him killed. But in many ways, there's just something about this guy who has – he says he doesn't care. He says he's going to go off on his own or be by himself or, mm-hmm. or you know, you go on without me. I don't need you. I don't want to – I don't need anybody. And yet he still finds himself – with these people, he, in, in most situations, you shouldn't be rooting for Strand. And yet you find yourself going, oh, come on, make, l- 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 let it be okay.
0: Yeah, he's extremely charismatic.
1: And then you put him against John Dory. Uh, yes. Who is holding on to his, his sense of optimism, you know, like, you know, it's a life raft. And he's, you know, holding on to the hope of seeing June again as if it's the only thing keeping him alive. And he just, he believes so strongly in people. And then you put him (laughs) and Strand together, and it's like, oh, this is going to be interesting.
0: That moment where he brings out the bucket and just hikes up his pants, wiggles his butt a little bit, and sits down on it to watch. It's It's exactly what I'm doing, because I'm... I really enjoyed their their odd couple dynamic in this episode.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I think, I think the, the, the contrast between the two characters... And really what happened basically in the entire thing with... And we'll just talk about them right now. Uh, the entire yeah. thing that happens <laughs> with the two of them is that they took shelter during the storm in a ranger station.
0: Yeah. The flooding has completely trapped them on an island, more or less.
1: And they are being thwarted by the fact that there's a very large uh, alligator-type creature.
0: (laughs) And she is very hungry. She is ridiculously... We're going to have the, the characters comment on the fact that she should be full, but she is still fucking up zombies. I... She must have, like, lost her clutch recently because she's not happy with anybody. She just wants to fuck up everybody's day. It doesn't matter if they're made out of plastic. It doesn't matter if they're made out of rotted meat. She's going to sink her teeth into them. My noob is showing, but um, they don't contract whatever it is that the humans have. There's no zombie. This isn't a zombie gator worth dealing with.
1: Right. No, there's there's uh, no indications that animals are affected the way that humans are. In most of zombie entertainment, in whether it's books or comics or movies or whatever, animals generally are not affected. There have been a few novels where it's been anything that anything that lives that has a heart and a circulatory system can become a zombie, which makes for some interesting things like zombie tigers. Uh zombie yeah. bears. All sorts of fun the things.
0: The thing is you make wildlife zombies and we're just we're fucked. Just give up. There's no it's
1: well when you consider just consider zombie mosquitoes. You're screwed. I mean the the, oh, the, the human the human race is screwed. I mean it's just no, you know
0: No insects need to be immune to everything. You, mm. Undead insects is terrible. If I can't kill insects By spraying them with chemicals, then Mm -hmm. I forfeit (laughs) life. Yeah, that's not a world I want to live in. Yeah,
1: so I think that what ultimately you know, this this alligator may be really really hungry, because for all we know, the walkers are not good eating. I mean, they're yes, they're I mean, considering they're they're certainly rotted creatures. They may just taste foul, and they may actually be something that that the alligators tried to eat in the past. They just couldn't stomach. So, this could be an animal that's incredibly desperate uh, and starving, and and kind of driven crazy because it is it is kind of like it's like a little Jaws uh, remake here.
0: There was a shot of the overhead of the um, raft that I was like, "This is just Jaws now." Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because basically what they're trying to do is, you you know, John is trying to build this raft. And Strand is like, you know, this is a stupid idea. And and John's like, I have hope. And Strand's like, there is no hope. And John's like, no, really, there is. And Strand's like, you're a moron. And and John's like, I believe. And Strand's like, whatever.
0: Strand's like, I have a bucket. I'm going to watch you. And then when (laughs) shit goes wrong, he's like, guess we're still roomies.
1: Yeah, so he he starts to take the raft out into the water, and this is when the when the alligator first appears. And, of course, you know, for all of Strand's, you know, I don't care. You know, he seems actively concerned when John looks like he might get eaten. But he makes it back to shore, and they figure out that, you know, honestly, they really have to try to get across. And he, he, John wears Strand down.
0: He's just so gosh darn earnest and he believes so hard and he's really bad at arguing, like especially against Strand. It's kind <laughs> of embarrassing. Um But he really means it and he has that piece of candy and he's gonna give her that piece of candy. And I don't know if there's some shriveled part of Strand that's like, God damn it, I still believe in romance that just looks at the candy and is like oh it's so sweet he's so stupid and sweet
1: well i think i think ultimately strand is one of those characters where he would love to believe because i mean there was a part of him that fell in love there was a part of him that found happiness Mm -hmm. with his husband and so there's a part of him that still wants to believe that there is something good that can be found and he kind of found it at the ballpark and he kind of felt like he had you know made peace with himself and then it all fell apart and that just sent him in a spiral and strand is really really good at going into a spiral mm-hmm. he um you know, because he is such a, because he was he built an entire life about being so in control and so much the player of other people to not have that kind of control i think is really hard on him and so they try and make it their way across
0: there's a little mini scene where strand is like that's some alcohol I'm gonna put everything on the line for some fucking alcohol. Uh, there's,
1: so there's a car trapped high up on the, the hill around them, and they're gonna bring it down. And Strand goes up to do that because, of course, John is still wounded. And again, for a show, for uh, uh, this show and The Walking Dead, the fact that John is still dealing with the fact that he was injured weeks ago is also is not only reality. But it's weird for the Walking Dead universe <laughs> because he's, these people all recover from, like, terrible, terrible Ill, just uh, wounds. In fact, so when Strand goes up there and oh, uh, yes, John's still wounded, he sees this bottle. There's a zombie in the truck, and he sees the bottle. And, and apparently we've now decided that Strand is an uh, an insane alcoholic. And I just – this whole – this scene really bothered me.
0: Oh, Really? It,
1: Oh yeah! I because... didn't.
0: I thought this was established. They played it off like it was. Uh,
1: so no, he's a no. He loves to drink. There's no question. And he spent he spent like weeks back at the this really nice house from several episodes back that they were camped out, out just raiding the wine cellar. Mm. But this is like full on obsessive, junky alcoholic moment here, where. You know, in order to go after this bottle, he puts himself within reach of of this zombie. And then, even while recognizing this is an incredibly stupid thing to do, he manages to overbalance himself, knock himself into the truck. The truck rolls down the side of the hill. Strand is just like, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're broken. You are broken into, you are like bones, and you've got a concussion, and you are bleeding out of wounds because you just tumbled down the side of a cliff inside a car, and you weren't wearing a seatbelt, and no. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> I have flipped my car, not off, not down a hillside, but into a ravine, going 35 to 50 miles an hour and all I have to show for that shit is some gravel embedded on the back of my hand. So this I mean we brought this up last I brought this up last week where you can fall off a cliff and come away with it with a couple of bruises but you trip down three stairs and you're crippled for life and it's So I kind of, I kind of give that one a pass. If only because John is so pissed afterwards. He's so mad. (laughs) He he just, he's big disappointed in you. That was a stupid mistake. You have to put, you have to focus on tomorrow. And he's like, but I have booze today. And.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, he should be dead. Um, So. So their their attempt to get across the the river it is not uh, does not go well because the alligator does attack them and does serious damage to the 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 raft and
0: and their uh, their little distraction with the battery doesn't hold and it just all goes up in flames really quick
1: yeah it doesn't go well and they end up having to go back and John is uh, John is very upset. And have strand a very is...
0: long conversation for something that should take seconds to um sink anyways
1: <laughs> so there's a there's a kind of a semi symbolic moment where John eats the piece of candy, so you know he's he's very he's depressed, and strand's like, "There is no hope in the universe, I'm gonna go drink <laughs> That's kind of their story, yeah. Then there's Lucy, who you had... This is the first time you've seen Lucy as well. Um, and Lucy is... Lucy kind of led a group of survivors down in Mexico, and she encountered the Walking Dead crew basically when they crossed paths with her group. And she and Nick, who's Alicia's brother, she, she, uh, she and Nick became a couple. And then... When they came back to the United States, or what's left of the United States, um she was separated from her people when they encountered the folks who were on the ranch who were these big sort of white supremacist types they were they were pleasant white supremacists, so <laughs> yay, um at least they okay. were nice about being terrible ha ha uh, uh-huh. yeah so so she actually um kind of came into the group because of Nick. And, of course, now that Nick is dead, uh, she's feeling this sense of of being very, very alone, the people that she's with. She doesn't know where she connects with them anymore. And Charlie, the little girl, when the storm started, Charlie came to the house. Lucy chased her off into the storm. And then Lucy felt bad about it. And then Lucy went looking for her.
0: Is this the child that, like, everybody hates for some reason?
1: You see Charlie and Alicia later in the episode. Uh, so the little, the little kid, that is the little kid that everybody hates. Um, oh. And yet they, they don't hate her because she's its little kid. So Lucy is out looking, still looking, post-storm, hopefully trying to find
0: Charlie. <laughs> she goes to the pubic library. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's wandering around, and then she comes across this guy in a car. And... He is a little messed up. The, the storm damaged the car really badly, crushed part of it in, and it's basically pinning him in and also keeping him from bleeding to death.
0: And she tries her best. She tries her best, but he's like, if you take me out of this, I will die. So I, thank you. I appreciate your concern. You really don't have to. I am a stranger. And she's like, no, there has to be something I can do. It, what do you want what what's if you could have one thing before you kick it what would that be he's like i really want a beer and,
1: and so, so she goes on a quest
0: yes the beer quest to be trolled by root beer and <laughs> and some muscle car losers den and she, she's very upset And he has given her a walkie-talkie. And so they have a nice little conversation over the walkie-talkies. about She doesn't want want to give up. She wanted to do the thing. And he's like, it's really great that you wanted to do the thing at all. You don't have to do the thing for me. You're still alive. You can go do a thing for somebody else. It's fine. She's like, I'm going to keep finding something. And she comes across one of the boxes that um, Team in the Truck is still leaving. And of course, Team in the Truck has Beer Dude. So the box has beer.
1: <laughs>
0: and the joy and, and surprise when she brings the beer back to him. And not only is it good beer, but it's cold. The way that he delivers the line, it's cold it was so sweet. Why do they have to kill him? I really like him.
1: Well, it makes it even worse because it becomes very, very clear um, in what he says next and stuff we find out later when, when Lucy reconnects with the rest of the group, that this is the guy this is the guy that they're calling Polar Bear. That was his C B handle. He's the trucker who was leaving the boxes in the first place. This is the guy who Morgan was looking for because he was traveling across the country spreading hope and doing this kind thing with leaving these boxes along the way. And yes, if you look at it from a certain angle, you're like, well, of course he is. All these people always find each other because, you know, narrative causality. But at the same time, it's also really kind of cool that it is. we get this little moment with him and yet it's not this big dramatic reunion. It's a character who doesn't know anything about this stuff. Lucy doesn't have any idea what the... they didn't know anything about the boxes. She doesn't have any kind of reference for this.
0: Yeah, and it's... the writing in it was very interesting that they did the whole uh here's a throwaway character they're going to be vague about what they did, but it's going to be narrative narratively fulfilling because they'll be like, "Oh, I took a job that took me away from everybody that I loved because I wanted to get away, and it was the worst mistake I ever made because the apocalypse apocalypse came, and I couldn't get back to them when they needed me, so I helped other people that I could get to, and that we've heard that story in I'm sure you've heard that story in this show and its predecessor, but I've heard that story in thousands of other periodicals where it's like, of course the writers didn't give this person like a legitimate job. He's throwaway. We They paid him for like five minutes of his time and he's going to go away. But they double back and they actually tell you what his job was. And not only was his, not only did they give him a job, they gave him the most important job for this season, which is I was truck driver. I
1: just don't know. I, I, I really appreciated the fact that they give this really kind of quiet little thing. And at first, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how I was feeling about it initially. I kind of thought it was a little, <clears throat> I mean, I get, I get where Lucy's coming from in terms of, you know, just trying to help one person and, and it becomes this sort of obsessive little kind of mini quest for her. Mm -hmm. But then to sit there and give us the, you know, this character who has had such an impact on the last several episodes uh, in ways that, you know, we're still trying to figure out because we not only have the impact it's had on Morgan and how he's basically gathering this group of people up and, and trying to continue to do the work, but also this, you know, terrifying woman who is following them and and has her own really warped agenda which we'll talk about in a minute. Um I just really like the fact that they gave him these moments and in a way didn't make a big deal about it. Yes. It was just here's this guy doing this thing and he wasn't doing it for any big, you know, it wasn't like this big dramatic gesture. It was just a thing he was trying to do because it was right.
0: Yeah, it was creative and narratively fulfilling, which is not what I expected from this show. (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, he dies.
0: Yeah. Rip in peace, Clayton. I really liked you, but I think maybe they couldn't afford your actor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he's a fantastic actor. So Lucy, Lucy builds him a little cairn and puts the beer bottle on top and then radios... Out into the world, and Morgan's like, "Lucy, is that you?" And she's like, (gasps) "Morgan, well, (laughs) well, hi." So they reconnect, and uh, Morgan, of course, uh, has got this group of people with with the the semi, and um, it's Morgan and June
0: and Al, my wife. And trucker lady that I can't wait. She just could could not die fast enough. I hate her actress. I, she's I'm sure she's fine in a different part, but she's so unconvincing in the part that they have her for. She's so stiff. You, it, mm. Her character <laughs> acting. I'm sorry. I need to go on this rant. You can cut it out later. Her character acting. You can see every. Decision she makes. In... She is an animatronic. That is how... Calculated... Her ham-fisted humor is. Mm. And it's so... Bad. When she is surrounded... By actors who are making shit... Look... Effortless. I, it's so... She's supposed to be comic relief. I, I can take... A character actor who is stiff, but if their character is, you know, dramatic, that's kind of more acceptable. Morgan, he's a little stiff. But it's okay, because he's a very dramatic character who has all of these really important lines to give. She is just... (laughs) <laughs> I don't like see, her. I,
1: see, I don't I don't I don't quite have that reaction. Although although I think that it is I I will agree that uh Mo Collins is primarily known as a comedic actress. And mm-hmm. and there's something about this character. I when we when this character first appeared, um I described it as um, you know, as you know, if you thought that The Walking Dead was going to avoid Southern stereotypes, I have some bad news um and i think in in some ways my my problem with sarah is mo collins's character although you never i practically never hear her referred to as sarah except from like the first time that she was introduced my problem with her is that she is so blasé about being awful (laughs) um and because you know it's like well, he shouldn't have left his keys in the truck if he didn't want us to steal it. It's like, okay, no, that's not right. <laughs> and at least uh, Daryl Mitchell...
0: Who has a great scene in this episode. He has a fucking amazing... Stay right there, Greasy. I, I'll get the fucking walker. It's fine. I have all of these mirrors and all of these spikes and it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, she keeps in and get. Mm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> at least...
1: Wendell is quirky in like, you know, cause he, he, he clearly has issues with remembering how sayings go. There's something, mm-hmm. there's something going on with him there. He's there's, there's a disconnect there, which actually kind of makes him kind of fun. And he's very fun. And Jim, of course, is our beer guy. But yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't have quite the reaction that you're having to mo collins in here this but she's she's kind of an awkward character and so i don't know but anyway she gets her
0: ass kicked in a very fun way this episode because (laughs) they have an argument now that they have heard from sharpie lady because sharpie lady had that monologue last episode no i'm i'm sorry i'm she has a monologue this episode yeah, I I jumped ahead. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, let's 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 backtrack to that real quick because okay, early on in the episode, she gets on the radio and she's like, "So you know, I thought that maybe you were going to be strong, but I needed to see that you know, I'm going to have to make you strong." And Morgan's like, mm, "You're very creepy."
0: Well, they go back to mile marker 21, which is I didn't expect them to check up on clint or quinn from last episode and they find sharpie head original sharpie head dead for some reason
1: yeah i don't know if she killed him before she left uh you know just to have a i don't know um a human post-it note uh <laughs> she has this agenda where she's like you know you're being kind and having people around you makes you weak and you need to be strong and morgan's mm-hmm. like you're very strange. Please stop talking to me.
0: She she says some stuff about how, like, she knows Morgan. And she's like, I know who you are, Momo. And I was just, I'm so disappointed that you're deciding to be weak. And he's like, I'm not. And you're awful. But because she makes vague allusions to his past, the um, beard dude is like, uh, can we trust you? And Momo's like, um... Everybody has a checkered past. It's the goddamn apocalypse. Are you really pulling this shit? And trucker lady that I hate was like, mm, I kind of like conflict, so I'm just gonna kind of roll with it and say, maybe I get to choose what we do. And he does the best thing. <laughs> she, pull- she-, she dramatically flips open the strap on her knife, pulls it out while she's making... You know, bullshit's coming out of her face, and he takes the shovel that he he buried uh, original Sharpie face with, and flips it like a bow, and um, and just knocks the knife out of her hand, just tink, <laughs> without any hesitation.
1: Well, yeah, because what you don't, what you haven't experienced is the fact that that. Uh, Morgan is actually a master of the bow staff.
0: Is he really? That's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, because 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 he wanted he decided to be that to use that weapon because it meant he didn't have to kill somebody. He could just disarm them or mm. or knock them out. Um, but that also means that he's really really good at it, and mm-hmm. he's so the shovel. Yeah, I was kind of like badass. Um.
0: <laughs> I kind of got that feeling like that it was it was maybe supposed to be more impressive than it was because she gave up very quick. But at the same time, comedically, it was probably the best moment with her so far. Just the <laughs> tink of her knife falling away. And she's like, okay. Are we getting in the cr- We're getting in the truck? Bye.
1: <laughs> they pick up Lucy. Mm-hmm. And they connect uh, through radio with alicia and charlie and alicia and charlie are like wow you guys are still alive and they're like hey you guys are still alive it's like great let's let's get together again and and alicia alicia two episodes ago uh when she had her whole i hate you charlie but we're gonna work together because there's nobody else left and and there's got to be a little bit of hope and and Maybe and
0: positivity. I'm
1: seven. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm a small child, and and Alicia's. But Alicia's last comment was when they went back to look for the the where they had left the rest of the characters, um, and there wasn't anybody there. She was like, "Well, they they're probably dead, and we should just move on." And so the fact that you know they reconnect again, narrative <laughs> narrative causality, hand waving um, because of course they're all so close that they can connect with you know walkie talkies, um, mm-hmm. or, or short or handheld radios, more accurately. Everybody um, has
0: them, uh-
1: <laughs> but it still ends up being this nice kind of thing where they're reconnecting, uh, and they're like, okay, well we're here, and okay, great, we'll come to you. And then Sharpie Sarah calls. Chick. Sarah calls back, and she's like, so um, Al, about that uh, about that that truck of yours. She goes, yeah, my tank. And she's like, yeah, um, I think I found it. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> she goes, it's in the rear view mirror and it's coming up really fast.
0: And there's this line that makes me want to reach through the screen and strangle them. Al goes, it's fine. It's sh- it's sluggish as hell. Just put on the gas, and I was like, you just had a high speed goddamn chase with that car last episode. Was that? I don't. You can't have it both ways.
1: But then Sarah turns around and goes, "Do you know what we're in?"
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> have, that was. Have pretty, you seen pretty this?
1: Good. We're driving a semi. Do you know? <laughs> you think this thing isn't? And. She floors it, and it just doesn't. It's like uh, okay,
0: but all of our pro tags are in the um the very crushable back of it. I mean, then again, it did survive a hurricane, but you know, I mean, <laughs> we really shouldn't be uh, expecting The Walking Dead to keep any kind of narrative consistency.
1: So no. anyway,
0: mm-hmm. the big the big ass uh, tank is coming, and um. Sharpie chick gets on the radio and is like, I told you not to be weak. I guess I'm going to have to make you strong. And Morgan's like, no, you really don't have to. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to keep being nice to people. And guess what? When we're done being nice to those people, we're going to come be nice to you. And she's like, I'm literally behind you and I am going to open up fire. And then that's the last thing that and, and meanwhile, there's these two children on the side of the road hearing this, and they have yeah. no context for this conversation. And the last thing that they hear is gunshots, and the, <laughs> the context of you saying, well, two episodes ago, uh, Chickie-Poo was like, eh, they're probably dead, it's fine. Th- that just makes this cliffhanger even better. Because it means that she had this moment of hope, and then the writer swooped in and was like, "And then gunfire." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a twist from my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she talks about
1: losing people makes you strong, and the idea. I mean, there's some there's when we get this lady's backstory, I am just dying to know what is going on with her because it there's some there's 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 a story here and part of me really wants this to end with her like bleeding out and <laughs> al has the camera
0: <laughs> Ooh,
1: says tell me your story uh but we'll see what happens so that's the episode that's that's what everything that happens i thought overall it was a pretty mm-hmm. solid episode there was there were You know, it it was kind of a lot of vignettes. It's all the different cast members on the, you know, Mm -hmm. in the episode, which I think sometimes can be, feel a little, feel like you don't get enough of each cast member. And I think that we got a, we, it was a decent balance tonight.
0: It was, it was, and, and all of them had similar narrative uh, elements of hope is important. Hope is something to strive for, um, and each of them came at that a little differently. Like we had um we had uh the odd couple where we of course want John to be right and for his MacGyver plan to work. Um, but it doesn't at the end, uh which was a very interesting choice. And then we have Lucy and Clayton and While it's a very sad story, it is a fulfilling resolution in that there wasn't really what she could do, she did. And she just doesn't give up. And then she got to reunite with her friends. And then, of course, um, Momo and the truck team just kind of doing what they do and just picking up more and more people and then getting gunned the fuck down. It's after, you know, spending the whole episode going, uh, no, fuck you. Hope is the best thing. And, um, I'm going to hope you feel better. I'm going to be nice to you until it fixes you. You don't have a choice. I'm going to care bear your ass (laughs) into, (laughs) into fixing whatever damage you have. Um, but then guns. I mean fortunately. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's unfortunately, um <laughs> you know, you kinda you kinda don't want the preview of next week's episode to come along. Because the
0: one where it was revealed that Sharpie Chick wears socks and sandals.
1: <laughs> but the preview comes along and it's like, uh, wait a minute, everybody survived.
0: Um so, you know, <laughs> It's a different day and she's gone to troll somebody else. So
1: Yeah. So she's we're we're setting her up as as, you know, pretty much just the worst. She's not traveling across the country trying to make the world a better place. She's traveling across uh-huh. the country trying to leave a body, you know, trail of, you yeah. know, corpses and there's just whatever we get, whatever story, again, whatever story comes out of this lady, I am just dying to hear it. But unfortunately, you know, the preview, I almost wish the preview was tune in next week for Fear of the Walking Dead. And that was it. But no, they, mm-hmm. give, they, they, show us, they show us all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't want anybody to die because <laughs> I want this cast. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying this. Uh, but you know what, guys? There's something called tension. <laughs> this guy's completely blown out of the water
0: I'm really worried I'm gonna uh, I believe we get Dustin and back next episode so I won't unless unless you guys want a um, a a trio a Three Musketeers kind of thing
1: we've had trios before at various points uh, we used to have our friend Curtis used to come over and and be part of the show and Curtis Curtis brought us commentary which can only be described as unique um and um we will not discuss the sexual habits of goblins because <laughs> it it was a thing that was it was a thing that was uh, inexplicably part of the show for a while uh in the written what? version and the audio version and it was inappropriate but we laughed anyway we can have uh, those
0: kinds of threads I didn't know that we could have those kinds of narrative threads.
1: I've been holding
0: myself back. (laughs) (laughs) And then... (laughs) Open my eyes to such such possibilities of storytelling.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I will channel
0: Curtis. I will uh, channel the fuck out of Curtis. And then we've
1: had uh, we've had our, our friend Anne Marie uh, was in a few episodes, although she made very she didn't comment a lot. Uh, we did have an we did have an episode uh, where our friend Molly was in the room, and she would make comments <laughs> from across the room, which the microphones could barely pick up. Uh, Those are the best kind of uh, comments. That happened from time to time. Um we we've yeah, we've, had, we've had we've had guest hosts before uh, or, or third parties in before. Um and I think the hardest part would be really just uh getting the, you know, uh the group phone call going on, which of course would not be an impossible thing. So uh but no, I mean there's only a few episodes left. This is episode 13. There are three more episodes in the season. Uh next episode is called MM54, which might be mile marker 54. Uh, mm. Lou Diamond Lou Diamond Phillips is the director. Of next week's episode, Uh, the actor Lou Diamond Phillips, who was much a fairly big star in the '80s and '90s, and has uh, been—he still does film and television, but mostly he's been doing director work for the last several years. Um, So certainly will be interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of fun to sit there and look at at you know, sort of the guest directors because you know, Coleman Domingo. Who plays Strand? Direct, directed last week's episode, and, and he
0: did a fantastic job. So I think overall, overall, I mean, there's
1: there's some issues with this week's episode. Uh, I'm still I'm still going to maintain that that Strand should be dead after tumbling down the side of a hill in a car. But whatever. Um, and
0: my uh, and the gravel in my hand says otherwise. So <laughs>
1: well, well, but uh, still, you know, overall a solid episode. I think. Uh, again this season has been much much stronger despite the despite the complaints of the folks who were really really felt the direction this season has taken has has not been what they wanted compared to the previous three seasons and i understand that Uh, but at the same time i just
0: think they're wrong yeah
1: i mean i really i really feel that this show this show has been much much stronger this season mostly for the benefit of adding in characters like Al and June and John uh because they have they've have brought something fresh to the show and the fact that you've got you know Morgan coming in from the regular walking dead and both he and John have this optimistic outlook that is driving the story in many ways
0: I'm interested to see how uh if they carry on the overarching theme of hope that um has been, like, the core of the last two episodes. But yeah, I'm interested to see how many more episodes they just keep coming back to. Hope is a thing that exists. It's important to me as a person. Either get on the hope train, or get on the hope train. I
1: honestly think that if the show wants to maintain something that they have established a lot this season this idea that that the it's not all grim dark terribleness and that there that hope is a thing and that people should strive for something better and they should care about other people i think that if the show continues along this line it will be a very very strong place for it to be telling stories from in a post-apocalyptic storyline. Because so many of these kind of stories are all about how just there is no hope. It's all doomed. It's you know the, you give up now. Mankind is terrible, and and like we talked about last week, that's not how we react as 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 people. That's not how we react in situations of great conflict, whether it's a war or uh, a natural disaster or whatever it is people tend to be better to the people around them than pop popular fiction wants us to think they are
0: we are social animals
1: this hope stuff this crazy hope stuff i'm on board i am on board with the crazy I'm hope s- stuff
0: i'm so i really hope that the there's that word again i really hope <laughs> that at the end of the end of the season um there's a big care bear stare and um, uh, Dark Heart. <laughs> That's what I'm calling them now. For... Okay, so everyone in the truck are the Care Bears, and Sharpie Chick is Darkheart. and <laughs> them and the Care Bear cousins are going to turn her into a real girl, and she's gonna kiss Al, and um.
1: Oh, I Al could do better.
0: Oh, Al could. But she's such a good actress. She acts with her eyes. Anyways, no. But she she is a beautiful woman. Anyways, uh, I just want you I to really realize. Want...
1: I just want you to realize how completely you just gave away how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> I I I have more than once on on this show and and on H two O the podcast we used to do. Uh, Jason Hunt and I used to do her sci fi for me. Um I would give away how old I am basically by my pop culture references. But you just completely gave away what when you were a kid by the Care Bear reference. <laughs> I just want you to know that that
0: I love Care Bears. <laughs> They're so stupid and you have no idea how okay. You've missed the streams where I have been given terrible fanfiction to read, for the pain and suffering and amusement of my followers. One of them was a BDSM character. Oh God! Fic. Just
1: stop right there. I do not need. <laughs> I do not need that visual in my head. I just do not. There, anyway,
0: because, so as I was saying, I want the characters. As you were saying,
1: to... moving along. <laughs>
0: I want the care bears to prevail. I of want course. I I I really like you've described how, you know, there have been moments of hope and triumph in this show and then it just immediately God pulled out their fly swatter and and dashed the hopes and dreams of everyone involved. And I just want the clouds to part and there to be a big gay rainbow. And color to bleed back into this fucking gray ass show. That's so gray, it's awful to look at. Why is it like this?
1: I fully expect by the end of the episode, by the end of the season, really terrible things will have happened. But uh, yeah, but I I would hate to see John lose that sense of optimism. I'd hate to see that sense of Morgan feeling like. If we do the right thing, if we try and be kind to people, then we will be better ourselves. I'm just going to say right now that I, I would be really, really disappointed in the writers, especially after the strengths that they have managed to take the show to in this season so far. Um, um, and this is this is not to say that they could can't yank the rug out and blow it all before the final act, because... I've watched this show before and they've managed <laughs> to do that before as well. But at the same time, um, this season this season has this crazy idea that, you know, mm-hmm. if we're nice to each other, things will be better. And I'm but on board. There's this thing am, called
0: community. And am, community am, can be based on more than uh, cults and yeah. power dynamics that you exploit. Because that's... That's the thing with these shows is it's always about communities are never a good thing. They're always based around violent vigilantes and and cults. Just, you know, bullshit lies that that people use to control other people. And it's wonderful. It's a breath of fresh air. And I just want them to not fuck it up. Yeah. At least while I'm watching it. (laughs) <laughs> well
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think it's 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 been good. I think it hopefully they'll keep it up. So mm hmm. So, folks, if you have enjoyed this episode or or have opinions on it, of course, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, Look up Zompocalypse Now on Facebook. You can look up Zompocalypse Now on Twitter and find us there. We'd love to have you follow us. That would be great. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to have comments. If you're listening to us on podcast.com or iTunes, you can definitely leave us a comment, give us a rating. Those things are always very nice. Dustin may be back next week. He may not. If nothing else, we maybe have a 3 person discussion which would be fantastic you know especially considering that you've enjoyed the show um and i'd love to have you back because of course i like talking to you
0: <laughs> i like i like being here and this, this season has captured me
1: and then of course we're also talking about uh nikki and i doing another podcast as well uh, which we did not. We were talking about recording this week, and schedules didn't work out. And I got sick,
0: and yeah. yeah. So,
1: but we'll, that'll be that's something to look forward to. Too, as always. Again, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week with more Zompocalypse Now,
0: have a good week.
1: Apocalypse Now is recorded and produced by Dustin Adair and Timothy Harvey. All rights reserved.